Good morning, everybody. I'm Dan Proudman and David Redden here with you uh, on what is an extraordinarily sad morning. It's Saturday, the 5th of March. And we've woken up this morning to find out that not only has Rod Marsh passed away from a, uh, the results of a heart attack yesterday, but then overnight in Thailand, Shane Warne has also passed away from a heart attack. I, I don't know what to say. Um, Dan Proudman, it's a very good morning to you. It's, 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 it, hasn't, it hasn't sunk in. No, good day, Redis. No, it hasn't. It's um, yeah, it's just hard to comprehend. Um, you sort of, I think we all love Bacchus, and we all are, you know, seventy-four years old, and we, I, I think everyone sort of were dreading themselves, um, you know, because he'd been crook for a, a few days. He'd had the heart attack about a week or so ago. But then, yeah, then you wake up this morning, and like I didn't get to bed until the cricket finished at what quarter or twelve or something last night. Yep. She's happened around then, and then you wake up first thing, and just when I got the the message from you know the papers, the alert from the papers, I've gone, hang on, they've got Shane Warne wrong with Rod Marsh here. They've made an error. Like I just, you know, so it, yeah, it's just it's really, really, really difficult to actually comprehend the whole thing at the moment. Um, and you know, probably the only man I think to really transcend the game. Um, you know, he was he was the Hollywood superstar. <clears throat> People knew him in in um, countries that weren't cricket loving countries. You know, he was uh, yep. one of the extraordinary men. Um, I was just telling you very quickly if I if I can. Well, yeah, I was going to say, um, Dan's got a fabulous story, everybody, to tell you. Dan was. Uh, I'll let Dan tell the story, but Dan, tell us what happened, where you were, and the context behind where, why you were where you were, and please tell that story. I think everyone will be fascinated. Well, every, I mean, everyone's everyone have their own million warning stories, and um, I was lucky enough to interview him when I was a very young cadet at the Board of Mail at Albury, and I was there when he took his three hundredth in the in the rain at the SCG, sitting in Barongal half cut at quarter past seven at night in against South Africa, a G string wearing Paddy Simcox at the uh, SCG in nineteen nine, I think it was no ninety seven. Hang on a second, Pat Simcox wearing a g-string. That those yeah. two things don't don't mesh. He was, he was. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a jockstrap to start with, but the guys. So we were at the upper level of Barongal, and the guys at the lower level of Barongal started chanting it. And the closer you saw it, you realised that through his uh, through his cringe, you could see the outline of a of a g-banger, and he Jesus. and he copped it for a good four hours while the Warn boys were um. Um, the war boys were, were putting a fair bit on. And then Morney came on, it rained, and Morney got his 300th at about quarter past seven that night. You know, and whoever was left, there was probably only about 8,000 8, of us left in the SCG, but the joint just went wild. But I still remember one of my greatest Warney memories, and obviously it's a selfish memory, but that's what you do when you, you talk about kings like Shane Warne. I was sitting in a car with a, a mate, Graham Rofe, at Lavington, which is a suburb of Albury, Wodonga, Got a magnificent sports ground. Magnificent. Absolutely. And we're sitting there. It was probably, I don't know, over a dozen cars at the, these lights. And it was the 94 MCG test when Bernie takes that absolute screamer to um, to get Shane Warne the hat-trick, the first Ashes hat-trick, I think, in about 90-something years. Um, and we were in the car. And this is why I think this paints the picture to me anyway of how he transcends the game. So there's probably 15 cars at that traffic lights and the joint went off. It was all of a sudden, it was like a nightclub. There were blokes standing out 
jumping out of their driver's seats and their passenger seats, dancing in the streets to a chorus of blasting horns, every single person at those traffic lights was listening to the ABC coverage of the ashes and shame. As we did in the as we did in the river and in Murray in those days, that's what you did was listen to ABC radio. Yeah, and especially when you're in the car, but every single person, there was not one person listening to Triple M or, you know, a little Johnny Farnham song. Everyone was transfixed to, to Shane Warne and that hat trick. And not just that, but everyone just exploded into this amazing, you know, um, um, completely natural, you know, excitement because, you know, the king, and this is 94, so this is before he became the king, really. But this is how he, even at that young time, he transcended the game everyone just loved you know the little little you know fat blonde kid who liked pizzas and darts and and beer who played cricket better than anyone else you know and i think that's the sad one of these sad things in this is that we've now you know we won't be able to hear his advice or his you know his legend again yeah, look, going back, uh, Rodney Marsh, a fabulous test career, 96 tests, 3,633 runs at 26 and a half, 355 dismissals. Interestingly, and this is indicative of the times, just 12 stumpings um, and 343 catches. Uh, a superb career, Rod Marsh, great player, uh, and I mean great. When I think of the pure keepers that I've seen, in my time, I always think that Steve Rickson and Alan Nott are the two best pure keepers that I've ever seen, actually, for glove work. Um, Jack Russell's not far behind. Rod Marsh, who started off struggling in Test cricket, became a superb keeper. And if you ask people, they say that he's one of the best keepers ever to keep to fast bowling. And remember that he kept a Lily and Tomo at their absolute peak. And he kept with to Dennis be pre-back and Tomo pre-shoulder when they were the quickest pair in the world. So superb career. And then went on with being chairman of selectors and gave back to the game. Uh, Greg Chappell, who I don't actually always agree with, I must admit, Dan, in the things that he writes and says, wrote a beautiful piece yesterday that I think was in the City Morning Herald saying that Rod Marsh was a really honest bloke. He was one of the people that told Greg Chappell not to bowl, have the underarm ball bowled. If you see yeah. the footage of it, Rod Marsh is saying, no, no, no. Always told you what he thought. And just a, there's a bloke that gave his life to cricket and has had a wonderful career, Dan Proudman, Rodney William Marsh. Well, he was one of the first cricketers I really recognised. So I, I used to call when I was a kid. I was, I'm up here at Dad's place with cricket off this weekend. Um, we were talking about it last night, and we remember I used to call him Koala Mask because I always thought he looked like a koala. I don't know why, but in the you know I was born in '74, so I was a very young child in the late '70s and, and early '80s, and I called him Koala Marsh, and we loved him. And my, my older sister Rachel just you know absolutely loved him as well. She loved it. She loves a cricket as well. And, um, and that was one of the things we spoke about um, yesterday with that. I said, I still remember, because we've watched it so many times, the underarm thing and Marsh actually pleading with Chapel um, not to do it. No, mate, no, mate. And, and he still does it. But, you know, and there's so many stories. I've listened intently to Kerry O'Keefe in, the, in that extended lunch break last night in the cricket when he was telling... Um, some stories and, and when he was telling the serious ones he was how good a judge he was of a cricketer and, and not just a judge of good cricketers but a, he could actually I think the words he used was he could put a ceiling on cricketers he could tell you 
when they were teenagers, where they were pretty much set. And he said the only one that got wrong was Hayden. Matt Hayden was the only one that got wrong. He thought he might struggle to make test matches, which obviously is now proven wrong. But, you know, you can pick your pontings and that sort of thing quite well. But he was also able to pick guys who might get your first-class cricket and that's it, and others who probably were, you know, just very good grade cricketers. Um, so it's not yep. just the, the guns. It was also the ones that looked great when they were teenagers but probably weren't going to go to that ne next level. And I think that maybe could be described as being a better judge as those who actually discover the champions. It's interesting you talk about Matthew Hayden. Um, I was just reading, I've been reading all morning about things. Uh, we went to a Voca this morning for Merrily's photography and I was reading lots and lots. And of course, I'm a little bit older than you. I was born in 68. So my first memories of test cricket is the 74-75 test series in the Ashes where Jeff Thompson was at his frightening best and watching the ball sail over Marsh's head at the at the Gabba and Marsh just looking, saying, what am I supposed to do? Um, but I was reading a lot about him, and you're right that he knew where cricketers were. I think that Matthew Hayden, almost alone, had two careers. He started off being a gun and being pretty much a flat-track bully, and he was in and out of the Australian side, and I think there was a stage there where everybody thought he was done. And it's an enormous credit to Matthew Hayden that he came back from that and became one of the best openers we have ever had in our country. And that's because he learned how to play spin bowling. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame Marsh for perhaps judging that, uh, making a, a, what ended up being an error, because at the first part of Hayden's career, Marsh was spot on. It was Hayden and Hayden alone that made himself into a world-class cricketer, Dan. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, I've heard stories about blokes that have played 19s for Australia and had him as a manager, or a couple of blokes that had run-ins with him because um, they're out in the drink and whatever else, or you know, being young Australian blokes and Marsh dealing with them, and they no one went on. Not one of the blokes that Marsh put aside and said you're out of here went on and did anything. So he was a very, very good judge. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I mean, there's so many things like you said that that he's done for cricket. Um, Obviously, you know, the Marsh Lily, which there was a horse running yesterday, 100 to 1 it was, at Newcastle yesterday called Marsh Lily. That was the name of it. It just happened to be running at Newcastle yesterday. It, it, it opened at 100 to 1 and it came into, I think, 40-something dollars because everyone was just getting on it. It did no good, yeah. but everyone just wanted to get on it because everyone just wanted to see it win. Um, there's even blokes who want to know that don't punt who are getting on it. But... Um, he just did so much, didn't he? Obviously, the, the, the cricket, and he changed the way wicket keepers were. Um, you know, he was the one who, you know, did that counter punching. Was really the first, yes, number seven who did counter punching and that sort of stuff. We, we obviously know all about that. And then, you know, the selectors and the coaching. You know, and there's that great quote that's been regurgitated a few times in the last couple of days when you know he, he not just. Uh, he didn't just help Australia beat England, but he helped England beat Australia. And then when the people asked him about why he did that, and he said, well, the first thing is you should be a servant of the game and you want the game to be better and more competitive than a servant of a country. And and I'm paraphrasing there, but it showed the love of the game that he had, you know, and um, what a man. What an absolute man. Three test centuries, 12 first-class centuries, the test century that everybody remembers. And again, you being a 74 baby, I have the privilege of watching basically every ball of the centenary test. In fact, my memory is that, that the centenary test was played as a bizarre time. It was played in March in Melbourne, which is like now, which is quite unusual for test matches. And I watched, I reckon I watched every ball. I don't think I was allowed to have a day of school, but I watched as much as I could. 
and he's 110. McCosker came out to bat and his head bathed, swathed in bandages because this was just before helmet started after Bob Willis had broken his jaw. And Marsh made 110. And um, if you look at the scores in the Centurion HS, both of the first uh, innings, the wicket had plenty in it. And there was what many runs scored in the second innings. Is, um, Derek Randall made 174 on the last innings of the match and Marsh made 110. And he's set up the game for Australia. And as I said, he batted uh, with McCoskey. You were talking about the skull earlier on. Kerry O'Keefe, it's a little trivia fact. He actually opened the batting in the second innings in the Saturnary Test because McCosker had, had it was getting his jaw wide. But Marsh, three test centuries for Australia. His top test scores, 132. Um, Rod Marsh, wonderful man, great cricketer, and had a pretty fair knock. However, the next bike we're going to talk about Heart attack at 52 in Koh Samui is just not right. There's just something that doesn't... It's very hard to comprehend with both of us having watched basically every ball of Shane. Shane Warne was cricket for many, many, many years. And then after cricket, you know, I'm not going to worry about some of the off-field stuff, but he was heavily involved with coaching. You know, he was a, a everyone that played under him loved, particularly in the IPL, played some pretty decent poker in his time as well on the poker tour. Um, and just as a star, and I would think of the last 50 years, he's one of the, if you're going to say who are the most famous Australians anywhere, he'd be right up there with Greg Norman and um, maybe one or two other tennis players, but he'd be right, Patrick Rafter, but he'd be right up there as famous, famous Australians that most people would have heard of. But goodness me, he could play at 145 tests, 3,000 runs, and his test average is actually just I didn't think did justice. Seventeen point three two with the bat, and then seven hundred and eight wickets at twenty five point four one. Best bowling eight for seventy one in a Test match at the Gabba against the Poms, in which he bowled fifty or fifty one overs straight in the heat. Just an amazing player. And I, look, we can talk all day about his cricket when we probably should, but I just can't believe that he's gone. Uh, in Marsh's case, he was into his mid seventies mm. and. But Warney, I mean, we're sitting in, we've all watched him in commentating the BBL and commentating Test Cricket here and there. But he's gone, Dan. It's it's surreal. It is. It's a, yeah, it's it's a loss that I don't think can be actually replaced. But And the thing is, I, I, he was polarising as a commentator, I think. Um, yes. I, I quite enjoyed a lot of his commentary. When he was insightful, he was very insightful. And we're going to lose all that, you know. I mean, the stories and the and that sort of thing, you know, a lot of us who sort of, you know, are cricket nuffies have sort of heard a lot of them. Um, but his insights um, when games are on the line, especially during Ashes um, games, um, you know, it was nearly lost forever, unfortunately, um, which I think is, is an enormous loss because he had one of those magnificent cricket brains, didn't he? I mean, if he was... Yes. I, I know part of his personality was that he sort of, you know, bucked against the... Um, you know, the establishment and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, there were many, many very good judges out there who said he would have been an outstanding captain um, because his cricket brain was quite something. He could work people out very quickly. Um, and I think he probably helped his captains become better captains because he was on the field, not just for his bowling, but because of his actual cricket brain. Uh, Ian Chappell, again, someone who's polarising in his own right, Always, and this is said with a bit of jaundice because Chapel doesn't like Steve War, and I, that's on record. I'm not being nasty there; he just doesn't like him. 
And Chappell always thought that Shane Warne would have been an outstanding test captain. And I actually tend to agree. Um, one of the things that we, you and I have had the advantage of at our own level is watching elite cricketers in our own region and in New South Wales country. And you've got one there um, who's been there for many years at, at, at Merriweather. And you just watch how, and on, when I first started being involved in Newcastle and Western Zone, I, I was led by blokes like Pat Rosser and uh, Mark Littlewood and Simon Moore and now Nick Foster. They they read the game well. Well, Shane Warne took that to another level. Yeah. And uh, he and Ponting, when uh, the stories, the stories, I actually would rather listen to them as a, you described me perfectly as a cricket nuffy. I'd rather listen to, and the same with Kerry O'Keefe, I'd rather listen to them dismantle a bloke and find his weaknesses or say this is what he's going to do. When when Ponting goes and says this is where they're going to try and get Aaron Finch out, I'm mesmerised by that. Yeah. And Shane Ward will say, listen, this, have a look at his backswing. His backswing leads him to be caught at gully. I put in a second gully or the the the, the short leg needs to come to short mid-on or they need to have a silly point here or just things like, or talking about Rashid Khan and people like this and and what Nathan when Like when Nathan Ryan's bowling the last day, we get the one guy I want to have on there is Warnie because he says he's bowling the wrong line. If he's going to bowl to Kohli and Rohit Sharma and all these guys that are superb players of spin, he needs to bowl further outside of stuff and whatever else. And and Warren would pick that up very quickly. And I, I tend to think that he became an extremely astute cricket brain. And, you know, he, um, I, I'm sure to the last day that he was he, he, he retained that. And when you listen to him in commentary, it, uh, and, he's you know, they're, they're not talking fun things, they're actually talking cricket. I think Issa Gore works really well well with him in the, in, in the Big Bash because she'll feed him things and ask him questions because she's quite an astute cricket brain as well. I, I, I love listening to her. I think she's an excellent commentator. And she worked well with Warnie because he, she'd just lead him a little bit and he'd just go, bang, right, let's go here, yeah, as, as, as does Ponting. And, I mean, you sort of got a little insight to it, didn't you, with a couple of those Big Bash games that he played. When And this is the end of his test career, but little the Big Bash games and a couple of the charity games when they had the microphone on him, and he talked us through what he was going to do. And he did it, and not just that, but he said, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, get his wicket this way. And I, I think he succeeded more than he actually failed. It was unca- not uncanny because it's Shane Warne, but it was extraordinary how he could talk, slowly talk you through what he was going to do before he did it and then did it perfectly. I mean, it, it was an absolute art form. Spinning is an art form. And, you know, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was the best. Yes, he was. He's the, he's, if you're going to look at test records and regardless of what people think of the other person I'm going to mention here, if you're going to pick, I often speak to people, I say, give me, especially people like yourself and others that have a real cricket knowledge as to who would be in your bet test cricket 12 of all time. And I've got a test 12 that I've been pretty set on for a few years now. Um, the two spinners I would have chosen, in fact, I would have chosen three spinners because I would have had Sobers bowling left-arm wristies and left-arm orthodox. But uh, Shane Warren and Matai Murali Darren. And their records say that. And for bowling leg spin is not an easy thing to do. It is such a tough skill. And, um, you know, I think Australians always thought that Richie Benno would be our best test ever leg spinner. And Benno was a great cricket. I think Stuart McGill is still to this day an underrated test leg spinner. But Shane Warne is the best leg spinner that has ever lived. Um, and we've had three in our country who are world-class. Benno may be just slightly below them, but Bill O'Reilly, Clary Grimm and Shane Warne. But Warne's the first one that I'd pick, probably with O'Reilly. I'd love to see Warne and O'Reilly bowling together because they would have been unplayable. But mm. um, 
Yes, 708 wickets at 25.41. Now, the scenario um, reading the, the papers this morning, some things on Fox Sports and the City Morning Herald Online, is that Shane's been in Koh Samui in Thailand um, on, a, on a break and they found him unresponsive in his, in his villa. And, and it looks like he's been, he's been taken to a hospital in Bangkok, but it looks like he's passed away from a heart attack at 52, Dan. Um, yeah, uh, rest I, in I peace. Was, I, ne- I, I hadn't got around to watching his documentary yet, but I think I'll probably do that in front of with a pizza tonight <laughs> and, uh, and, and have a look at that in between the cricket. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's extremely sad. That, and, you know, he, he, he didn't... Live without controversy. No. And the one thing I think with him, as being such a public figure as he as he was, and it's hard to talk about him in the in the past sense, just quietly already. But um, as 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 big a public figure as he was, he actually did sort of own his mistakes most of the time. Uh, Yeah, there's a couple of exceptions, but I think that sort of adds to his. Legend as well, because it's a little bit Australian, it's a little bit anti-establishment, it's a little bit naughty boy, but still a king type thing. So it, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's a little bit ochre, but it's uh, maybe that's what warmed him to a, a few Australians as well. Um, but the English love him, you know, and and the establishment in England still loved him, you know. And I think there were the way that so many ex-Test players and greats are still really, really close with him, not just mates with him and see him at, you know, functions here and there, but really close with him. Probably show that the, I'm guessing, and I'm saying, I'm guessing that there's probably a lot of um, national cricketers, Australian cricketers are like this, but there's, there may well have been two personalities to, to Shane insofar as the public persona and, and the private persona. Because... Um, you see what's already happening on Twitter and you, and you hear these stories and you've seen so many documentaries and that now with your Laras and your Bothams and those sort of guys who are genuinely best mates with this bloke. Um, that, you know, he was obviously a terrific guy and um, to them and um, um, obviously a hell of a lot of fun because they reckon the parties at his joints were just outstanding. Um, uh, yes. And so, you know, and, you know, he, he dated a bloody Hollywood actress. I mean, there's not many leg spinners that date Hollywood actresses, is there? So, No, Kerry O'Keefe actually says that it's a vicinity for a bloke who bowled leg spin for a living to be engaged to Elizabeth Hurley is quite extraordinary. Yeah. Just quietly, there, there's a trifecta you'd probably want to hang around and be a or two, and that's Lara Botham and Wardy out on the Terps in Trinidad. Can you imagine? It'd be fun, wouldn't it? Oh. You just sit there and listen. It'd be fun. Would be. Look, yeah. in, sum- in summary, the 4th of March 2022 is going to go down as an extraordinarily sad day in our sporting history and, in fact, in our history. Rodney Marsh passes away uh, from the effects of a heart attack. He died at Adelaide Hospital, Royal Adelaide Hospital after being moved there from Queensland. And then we wake up this morning. I, I got a text from my dear friend Jamil Qureshi and Blaney this morning, half past five. As I think I've, I probably I mentioned this podcast, and I, yeah, I thought that my first thought was I've got to get in touch with with, with Prado and see if he can catch up, and we have a bit of a, a in memoriam podcast. It's totally um, uh, different to the ones we normally do, and I hope we don't have to do something like this again. But it was, he was just a superb sportsman, 
one of our best ever sportsmen. I think I've, I think that's fair to say. Um, and I just can't believe he's gone down. I simply can't believe that he's dead at fifty-two. Well, he was a good he was a good football player too, wasn't he? Like, he yeah. played played lower grades at St Kilda. Um, he was the end of yeah. It's it's St Kilda. Remember, they're a pack of muppets, but that's another matter. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You know, Everyone, that's the thing. Everyone loved Warney. Everyone forgave Warney because at the end of the day, he was Warney, you know? Yeah. He was Warney. Warney could do anything because he's Warney, you know? Dan, thank you so much for your time this morning. I do appreciate it. What's a very sad day. Thanks for taking time out of time with your family this morning to speak with us. Um, I will catch up with you during the week, mate, but um, rest in peace, Shane Warne, and rest, rest in peace, Rod Marsh. Here, here, Dave. Thanks, mate. On behalf of Dan Proudman, this is David Redden. Uh, everybody take care. Look after your families today. Spend some time with them. And remember two great Australians, Rod Marsh and Shane Warne. On behalf of Dan, this is David. Bye-bye.